listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Has Australia reached peak interest rates, the market reaction, and a credit rating downgrade for the US? Your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 2nd of August 2023. Later on Market Day, we'll speak with Adam Dawes from Shaw and Partners on the day's market action. But first to Westpac, which along with ANZ and the Commonwealth Bank, economists there are now forecasting 4.1% as the peak in interest rates. That's where we are right now, and it follows the RBA's meeting yesterday. For more, I spoke with Westpac's senior economist, Matthew Hassan. Matt, so you've reduced your call in peak rates to 4.1%. A number of other economists have done the same. What exactly was in the RBA statement yesterday that made you change your mind? Well, there there were several things, really. Uh, So firstly, the decision itself uh, and some of the uh, shifts in the guidance in the decision statement made it clear that there's now quite a high hurdle on further interest rate increases. Um, In particular, we saw uh, the closing uh, lines of the decision statement uh, mentioning that uh, further adjustments would depend on the evolution of uh, the assessment rather than uh, inflation and and, uh, growth conditions. So, you know, I think that coupled with, with some of the other commentary throughout the, the release you know, made it look pretty clearly that they, the, the RBA is more confident about achieving its uh, growth and inflation targets. Um, the decision statement also was notable for what it didn't say. You know, the RBA could have uh, you know, taken a, a more hawkish assessment of the June quarter CPI, for example, that some of the service components uh, were less promising. Uh, it could have uh, signalled more unease about the continued strength in the labour market and perhaps even unease about uh, needing to be at uh, 2.5%, the midpoint of the 2 to 3% range by the uh, out year and its forecast horizon. But it didn't signal any of those things. And so it's telling us now that the, the case for further tightening from here uh, needs to be pretty rock solid and it needs to be a balance of risk assessment uh, uh, to, to get them over the line. And from where we sit today, it just doesn't look like we're going to get any big adjustments to the RBA's expectation between now and September. And beyond September, I think it gets more tricky because we'll get uh, more clear signs that the economy is slowing uh, and that inflation is uh, tracking back to its targets. So it's really it's a mixture of the decision itself, uh, what the RBA decision statement didn't say, uh, how the decision is being framed, and just the timeline from here uh, looks like uh, we are at the end of this tightening cycle and in for a long pause now. The inflation commentary is quite interesting, even though it's saying that um, inflation targets are uh, are likely to be met, I guess, um, I think somewhere up to 2025, right? Um, still, the RBA has been banging on about how important inflation is, how it's a scourge to the economy, how even at 6%, it's still too high. In the US, annual inflation is at 3%, yet the central bank there lifted interest rates. What's your take on that? Well, I think firstly, we need to understand that the US uh, story is is slightly different to here. The the headline measure in the US uh, is a monthly measure. It has uh, all the sort of monthly volatility that goes with it. And some of the detail around inflation uh, in the most recent updates in the US has been less promising. Also, policy has a different sort of, uh, you know, timeline or profile that it has in Australia. If we look at US households, for example, with mortgages, you know, 95% haven't seen any change in their interest rate settings, whereas here we're obviously copying the variable rate increases immediately. Uh, so I think, uh, firstly, bear, bear that in mind. It's a different circumstance uh, in the US. Uh, I think here uh, we are seeing uh, a, a, a similar sort of 
uh, easing and inflationary pressures. Uh, still the number one uh, priority for the RBA to return inflation to target. And I think uh, that's still very clear. Uh, where we're, uh, so what we're seeing now is more around uh, the RBA trying to calibrate where policy needs to be. How restrictive do they need to be with interest rate settings in order to achieve that return to target over time? So is it really a matter of the RBA waiting to see what will happen as opposed to it potentially seeing something sinister out there in the economy? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's central cases, it's base cases starting to come through in terms of the way growth and labour market inflation numbers are unfolding. Uh, it's going to look to continue to confirm it. It's getting more confident about achieving that target. Um, it's not particularly overly concerned about the growth environment, still mainly focused on the inflation outlook. Uh, I think once we get uh, you know, maybe two-thirds, three-quarters of the way back to that inflation target, then they can start to pivot and show a little bit more concern for what the, the growth side of things is doing. You know, we, that, it's too early to declare mission accomplished on inflation, way too early, uh, and it's still going to be some way before we get close to that. So what are the risks to a rate rise? Well, look, you can always get something out of left field. So, you know, there are some uh, really important aspects of the economy that the RBA is still looking uh, for a turn on. So uh, labour markets, for example, we still have three and a half, three point six percent 3.6% unemployment rate. It hasn't really turned. Uh, they need to see uh, some more slack emerging in the labour market to confirm the medium-term profile. They're also very concerned about unit labour costs, so the low productivity growth environment. So we'll get updates around wages in late August and then the productivity and, and unit labour cost story uh, just after the September policy meeting. Um, any one of those could throw a, a throw a spanner in the works if we get a, signs of a stronger domestically driven, labour labor market driven inflation. Uh, but as I said, the hurdle for action is going to be pretty high. You know, even if we were to see that um, we've still got restrictive policy settings that are working to restrain demand uh, and the RBA will have some comfort that that will flow through eventually to labour markets and to uh, some of these domestic inflationary pressures. Meanwhile, all the goods sector inflation surge that really drove the initial lift is unwinding. We're seeing a pretty clear disinflation coming through and that's going to help bring inflation down in the first instance, but also uh, go a long way towards anchoring uh, expectations for low inflation at, at low levels. So, you know, what there's a number of things that might get them moving again if they were worried that the labour market was, uh, say, tightening further rather than uh, easing. Uh, if the wage growth story was coming through well above expectations, this is not our view, but uh, if it was to happen that way, or if productivity growth was looking like a much more persistent problem that was not just seeing unit labour costs rise, but more persistent services inflation. So those those next few CPI reads are still, still going to be very important. You know, if, if there was something that was uh, showing a pattern that would point to more persistent inflation, or perhaps inflation coming down, but saying staying stuck in the four to five percent range, then that might get them moving again on rates. But you know, it's it's hard to see all those preconditions lining up nicely. I think what this what those sorts of developments are more likely to do, from our point of view, is restrict them on on any interest rate easing next year. So is a simple way just to explain why the RBA is potentially um, not going to be lifting interest rates anymore is because its previous 12 increases are doing its job? 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's exactly the takeout. So they, they think they're in the right, got policy in the right setting now to achieve the sort of slowdown that will help bring inflation back to target over, over the medium to longer term. They're taking this balance of risks approach because there's no, they know there's some things that could, uh, could uh, sideswipe us along the way and expectations for inflation could prove to be more troubling. Labor markets could prove to be more troubling. Uh, but the big picture here is that they're seeing interest rate rises having a clear effect. And I think where they've got policy to at the moment is about right for achieving a low inflation. Final two questions then. If the base case is now we're already at the peak and we'll see an extended period on hold, is it too early to be talking about rate cuts? And if not, when could we see it? It is too early to be talking about rate cuts. Uh, Really, the RBA needs to have complete confidence that inflation is back in the bag uh, and they're, they're tracking back to that anchored 2 to 3% level for inflation over the medium term. Uh, that's the primary focus now. Uh, and they're not going, they're going to be very unlikely to give any signals that they have that level of confidence until headline inflation, underlying inflation kind of tracks back towards those levels. Uh, and some of the other things they're looking for are softening in labor markets and a, a clear sort of, you know, topping out of wage growth, for example, before they'd be prepared to say that. And they really, they don't want people rushing off with an expectation that we're going to get rate hikes, uh, rate cuts any, anytime soon. On our view, though, by the time we roll through to around the middle of next year, we'll have much clearer signs that inflation is back under control and we'll have enough evidence around a weaker economy that the RBA will start to move its language and talk about the need to provide additional support uh, for a, a slow-growing economy. And we think there will be rate cuts in the back end of next year uh, but for now, they'll be very careful with their language to prevent anyone from running away and thinking that we're about to get a series of interest rate cuts uh, in the next few months. The Hassan there from Westpac. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Weaker day for the Australian share market today. The S&P ASX 200 down 1.3%, 7,354. The Australian dollar has taken a serious tumble over the past 24 hours as well. Uh, sometime yesterday, 66.5 is where we were. The market now, 65.6 US cents. For more, I spoke with Adam Dawes from Shaw & Partners. Adam, a number of economists have changed their forecast over the past 24 hours for a lower peak in interest rates at the current rate of 4.1%. But what's the market thinking? Look, certainly I do think that the RBA has entered a new phase. Clearly that their focus has been predominantly on inflation. But now it's really sort of changing that or combating inflation. Now it's changed to monitoring the data and allowing household businesses to adjust to the reality of increased costs and to react accordingly. With economists also changing their tune, now they're calling this the end of the hiking of the rate cycle. But I don't think so, Ricardo. I think we still might see another 25 or 50 basis points by the end of this year. So given that, what does all of it mean for where the share market's going now? Yeah, it certainly looks like that the market has taken a lot of that in a stride. We've seen as interest rates are increasing, the market has also been increasing. So they're looking forward, looking six months, 12 months in advance. So I think that they can see that we can see the top of the hill of interest rates and potentially that's a real positive for our market. But only time will tell. Labor market needs to happen. Uh, we need job numbers need to, you know, stabilise. These are the kind of things that we need to make sure that the market is on a level footing and moving higher going forward. 
There's no doubt there are still some international challenges coming through. China is still struggling with its economic reopening. And one of the big stories of the day, Fitch, the global ratings agency, downgraded the US credit rating from AAA to AA+. How significant is that? Look, following Standard & Poor's move to cut the US uh, AAA rating to AA, you're absolutely right. Despite futures and currency falling off the back of that news, However, many expect that impact to be limited, and I expect that certainly to be limited. Uh, Fitch also flagged that this move is a possibility prior to negotiating of increasing the US debt ceiling. But really, at the end of the day, you know, we've started, we knew all of this data was coming out. So it's quite, it's quite an, uh, timing wise, it's quite interesting to see that they've actually started to downgrade now versus this data was already out six months ago. So it's not likely to materially affect the market over the long term for investment strategies, but it certainly is going to put a bit of a dampener on the US economy going forward. Uh, Looking at the moves today on the share market, what moved the market and why? Yeah, so real estate continues to get hit on the back of negative news from office and real estate and infrastructure. Uh, basically, consumer spending is, seems to be uh, big on travel at the moment. We're seeing a lot of these travels. So retail travel has certainly finished, but the corporate side of travel is moving very well. Corporate travel, uh, the stock corporate travel is looking quite good at the moment. So there's some bright spots in the pretty murky waters of the market at the moment. Adam Dawes there from Shore & Partners. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. Content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Listener.